worthy. How many of y'all long for that day when you see Jesus face to face? Come on, give Him praise this morning. Amen. Y'all may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. That reminds me of a story of a, a pastor who was in a predominantly elderly church. There was about three young boys sitting on the front row. And the pastor stands up at the beginning of the service and kind of feels compelled by the Holy Spirit. He said, how many of you guys are ready to go to heaven? And all of them stood, just jumped up and started shouting. And they started coming down front and just just surrounding the, the altar and praising God. And this one little boy sits down and he's just got his hands crossed, folded. And the preacher kind of stops and everything. And he looks over and he says, son, are you saved? He said, yes, sir, I'm saved. He said, you're not ready to go to heaven? He said, yeah, but I thought you were getting up to group to go tonight. <laughs> you know, we want to go to heaven. But we don't want to go now, Amen. I mean, just be honest. You, you feel like you want to live life. And, 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 and there's even a song, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go now. The reason that is is because the Bible says, Eye has not seen, nor ears heard, nor has entered to the heart of man what God has prepared for those who, that he loves and for those who love him. But I want you to know this morning as we prepare for baptism that he makes all things new. Aren't you glad of that this morning, that all things are made new? A couple of you, okay. How many of you are glad that he makes all things new? Come on now, you got to preach back with me this morning. Because what I know to be true is he says that the Father's will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. That you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to start praising him the way that you will when you get before him. Some of you are going to be glad to know there'll be no preaching in heaven. Y'all are wrong. But there will be a lot of worship. There will be a lot of adoration. In fact, I submit to you that after about 10 million years of me lying on my face before my Savior, then I may get up and walk a while. You know, but the reality is, is we... If we survey the church today at large, we would ask the question, how many of you feel like you're truly living in victory? And I submit to you that most hands would not go up today. If I begin to ask you to survey or to examine your own life and say, do you feel that you truly have the spiritual identity, the spiritual worth, the spiritual oomph that you, you know God wants you to have to go out and to be able to live a life that's a fullness in Christ here on this earth? And most of you would say, I don't have that spiritual identity that I know Christ wants me to have think about the word christian means to be like christ do i truly walk as christ walked to walk above the circumstances of this world even at one point in time walking on the water the reason is because we don't know who we are in christ see here's what we do if i were to ask you today i would say who do who do people say that you are if your name were mentioned in a public forum most of you would give an answer and then I may say, well, what do you think of yourself? And you would give maybe another answer. Maybe it would be similar to the one that you answered previously. But in all cases, I submit to you that it, none of those would even be remotely close to who Christ says you are. You see, because he says you're a new creature. If you have your Bibles today, turn with me very quickly to 2 Corinthians. Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, chapter 5 and verse 17. One verse today. One most powerful verse. One that I believe sets the tone for what we're going to do today, which is is embrace and celebrate the public professions of these five individuals today that are going to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. I want to just bring something to your hearts real quick this morning. Who does Jesus, who does Jesus say that I am? And if you were to offer a subtitle to that, it would be All Things New. We have shirts that we made up when we first started the church. Do I need another mic? How many of you know when God's got something to say, the enemy wants to come against everything that he wants to do new? How many of you believe that this morning? But can I tell you something? He's a defeated foe. Let's go to him in prayer right now. Father, we love you. We thank you right now that Satan, you are a defeated foe. Your days are numbered. 
Jesus, you are the victory in our life. And today you tell us greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. So Satan, we rebuke you, resist you. And James 4, 7 says that if we do that, you will flee from us. So Jesus, we give you the honor today. In Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, one verse. And I'm gonna just give you four quick things and then we're gonna celebrate in baptism today. Four quick things. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away. And all things are become new. Let me read that to you again. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Some translations say it this way. He's a new creation. How many of you know that you're not there yet? You've not arrived. He's still creating you new every day. How many of you know that this morning? That all things have passed away. Behold, I'm making all things new. This morning, I want you to be able to live a life in victory. And I submit to you four things this morning very quickly that victory starts and continues in the person of Jesus Christ. There's no plan B. Victory starts in Jesus, it continues in Jesus, and it will last in Jesus. He says, I am Alpha and I'm Omega. I am beginning and I'm end. Listen, the reality is he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Colossians 1.16 says that all things were created by him. 1.17 of Colossians says, and by him all things consist. It's always been about him. It started in him, continues in him, and will result in him. Amen? The reality, though, is we don't live a life in victory because we place victory. Uh, is, it, victory in our life is predicated on other things. Victory is not found in church membership. Victory is not found in baptism. Victory is not found in a worship team. Victory is not found in a, in a preacher or televangelist. Victory is found, started in, continued in the person of Jesus Christ and Him alone. John 14 and 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. In another place in the scriptures, he says, I'm the door. If any man enter in by me, you will find green pasture and you have life. John's gospel, the Bible says that the thief cometh but to kill, steal, and to destroy. But he says, but I have come that you may have life and you may have it more abundantly. How many of you know that the abundant life is the life of victory? How many of you know that this morning? Listen, there's no plan B. He is the only name under heaven by which men must be saved. He's the name above all names. There's power in the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess that he alone is Lord. That is the name by where we get victory. But not only does it begin and continue in Jesus' victory. Watch this. It's found in our newness. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, that's where it starts and that's where it continues. But if any man be in Christ, what's what he says? He's a new creation. Victory is found in the newness that I can experience. You know as well as I do, when you get into a brand new car, don't that smell good? How many of y'all have ever went out and bought the, the air freshener that's called new car? You know you are perpetrating a fraud. You don't have no new car. But you know it smells good, don't it? Somebody gets in your car and go, is it new? Yeah, it's new. And you know you just went... <laughs> something about a new ride. It just makes you feel good. How many of you feel like your car drives better just when you go wash it? Ain't that weird? You just go wash it and just all of a sudden you got like 20 more horsepower. Because there's something in the economy of God's creation that says when something is new it just feels better. See, victory is found in that newness. If any may be in Christ, that's the only way. Watch this. He says, I'm making all things new. Revelation 21 and 4 says this. He shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. There'll be no more crying, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. For the former things have passed away. And then it says, behold, he who sits upon the throne in 21.5 says, behold, I'm making all things new. See, victory comes in that newness. 
If you're a college football fan, victory is not found in your college team because they can lose. Victory is not found and predicated in financial greatness because you can lose that. Victory is not found in a relationship because they can walk away. Victory is found in the newness offered from being in Christ and Him alone. Victory is found in the person of Jesus. And it's found in that newness. But thirdly, victory means putting away the past. I remember when I was a young boy in town, and most of y'all remember this. I think I see David Gilbert sitting over there. When we were in Little League, it was called Little League, and then there's Pony League, and then there's High School or whatever. And there wasn't travel ball. There was just one. How many of y'all remember? It's just one team. There was just like one, one little group of, of players and whatnot. And I remember I wanted so desperately to make the All-Star team. There was only one from Thomason. It was a Thomason All-Stars. And then they would travel around. And I remember that, that last year, I think it was in, uh, I guess it would have been in Pony League. And, and I made the All-Stars. What they would do is the coach that was the winning team of the year would choose the players from each team that he wanted and put together a collective team of All-Stars. And, man, I was pumped. I was so honored. I mean, it was just such a great feeling to know that I was on the All-Stars. I was on the best of the best. You remember that, David? And they had yellow jerseys, and they had just gotten them in that year. They were new yellow jerseys, and it said, it said Thomaston All-Stars across the front. And it was a new jersey that was just fancy and stuff like that. And, and, and like the day after I got chosen, I had a motorcycle wreck and I had third-degree third burns on the bottom of my leg, and I couldn't even walk. So we left and we went to, we had planned a vacation and we were going to start practicing the following week and I went to vacation. But they had a meeting on that Friday to receive all the jerseys and talk about the schedules and so forth. Well, I had gone to Florida. It just so happened I got in the salt water and it, it healed my wounds real quick and I got back. And so I showed up for practice on, on, on Monday morning and we're over there at Weaver Park. And when I got there, the coach looked at me and he said, um, we ran out of jerseys. And I know. And I said, that's, that's cool. That's cool. He said, but I got you a jersey. He, he brings me this jersey out of a box, and it was from like 1974. I, I kid you not. And it was a button-up jersey. Now, I know those are cool now, but let me tell you something. In the early 80s, that wasn't cool. It was a button-up jersey. It was like this big wool thing. I mean, it was like some old jersey. And it just hung on, and it, and it buttoned up, and it said, Tom. And then, of course, she buttoned it together. It said, Astun. You know, yeah, it was, it was really weird. So I had to button it. So I look different than everyone else. And I'm just going to tell you something. Though I was on the winning team, and maybe I was one of the best on my teams to be chosen to be on that, that, that all-star team, I didn't feel like I was on the winning team. I felt like I was less than, substandard. Everybody else got a new jersey, but I got the leftover. Can I tell you something? Some of you in this room today need to put away your past because you've been given a new life, but you're still walking around in the old jersey. You're on the winning team, but you're still living like you lived when you were defeated and disrupted and broken. There's a story. And it's, it's so funny because I saw this story years ago. And then Danny Goki wrote a song to let your heart beat again. And he, in this, he tells this story. And Stephanie shared it to me the other day. And I haven't even told her this. But I, I had shared this in a sermon once before. There was a, a pastor in, in the state of Ohio. And he had a heart surgeon who was one of his church members. And it was always a goal of his to go and witness a heart transplant. So he told the heart surgeon. So the surgeon, real big guy in the, in the heart uh, ward there at the hospital in Ohio. And he said, I'm, I'm going to work it out to where you can come and just view, witness it. And he did. 
And this pastor, remember, sitting there, and this, this great surgeon cuts the chest cavity open of this person, takes the old heart out, separates it off from the, from the vital organs and everything that goes on inside the body. And, and then there's this new heart. They brought it in, and it was perfect in every way and, and had been from a transplant uh, you know, person, who, a donor. And it was a great young heart, and he took the heart so eloquently, so carefully, and he, he, he just very gracefully laid it in the center of her chest cavity. And they began to plug everything back in. And then he did the final thing that he would do, which is he would put an put electric charge to it, and he would pulse the heart, and the heart would begin beating, but it didn't. And they said this great surgeon was perplexed. The pastor remembers him stepping back, and he said, shock it again, and he shocked it again, and still nothing, flatline. <laughs> so he gets down on his knees next to the lady. said, breaking form of all medicine, and he, and he puts his face, his mouth to her ears, and he said, Miss Johnson, if you can hear me, I want you to know that I've given you a new heart. And there's nothing wrong with this heart. But I can't start it. So, Miss Johnson, I want you to tell your heart to beat again. And that pastor said, that heart started pulsating and started beating. You see, the great physician has given you and I a new heart. But some of you don't walk with a heartbeat for God. You're still living with an old heart. In fact, you you feel like sometimes you don't even have the the will to move on. Can I tell you today? Victory is found in putting the past behind you. Some of you need to tell your heart to beat again today. Beat for the heartbeat of God. To beat for a new walk. To beat for the newness of life that he desires for you and I to have. Colossians 3, 9 and 10 says it this way. But now you put off all these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy filthy communication put it out of your mouth verse 9 listen lie not one to another seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds verse 10 and I love this and have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him put off some old things maybe today you just need to just whisper to your heart right now say heart I need you to beat again because he's given you a new heart why if any man be in Christ he's a new creation The old things are passed away. And then fourthly, victory is about daily renewal in Jesus. I'm going to teach you something in the Greek language. There's not just a past tense and a present tense and a future tense. There's another tense called aorist. A-O-R-I-S-T. Aorist tense. This is found in this passage. This is what he's saying. If any man be in Christ, in Christ alone, in Jesus only, no plan B, that name which is above all names. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's a new creation. The old things, I'm putting them away. I'm putting them in the past. He says, behold, I'm making all all things are become new. What he's telling you is, is this. He didn't just make you new when you invited Jesus into your heart. He didn't just make you new today when you asked him to save you. He's not going to make you new there. You're not only new today, but you're new. Every moment he's making you new. It's a moment-by-moment renewal of newness. Tell your heart to beat again for God. And allow yourself to walk in the newness of life that he's called you to. Then you can be the mom and the dad that God's called you to be. Then you can have the marriage that he's called you to have. Then you can do the right thing with your finances. Then you can do the right thing in sharing your faith. Then you won't walk with your head down. Psalm 3 said he's the lifter of my head. 
The reality is, is you and I aren't living in victory today because we got saved back when. We've been in church our whole life. Maybe one day we got dumped in a pool of water. Can I tell you something? You can pray a prayer every week, get dumped in every batch of water in this county, join every church from here to the Mississippi, and it's not going to make you right with God. You've got to walk in that newness. I want you to know today there's a change. There's a change. When I make Jesus the Savior of my soul, the lover of my soul, when I make Him first place in my life. And today, right now, I want to ask you guys that if you are a candidate for baptism to make your way to the side stage. I'm going to ask Pastor David and Pastor Tyler and others to come out. We're going to celebrate that today because what these folks are doing as a sermon, as a testimony, watch what they're doing. When they get in this water today, they're not saying, I'm perfect. They're not saying, I've got it all figured out. In fact, some of them are getting in this water with fear and absolute trembling to say, hey, all I know is that he redeemed me. He saved me. He made me new. But before I do that, there might be somebody in this audience today, in this congregation. We had it last time. Berkeley Rakestraw stood up and ran up here because guess what? You might not have shown up today to be baptized, but God might have already spoken into your heart and say, you know what? You never did that since I saved you. There's only two sacraments that God calls us to keep. One of them is the communion. We did that last week. The other one is baptism. Jesus himself was baptized by John, his cousin, in the River Jordan. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. As he walked into the water, John looked at him. He says, Master, Adonai, Savior, I'm not worthy. Not only to baptize you, I'm not worthy to loosen and tighten your slippers. I'm not, I'm not worthy to even touch your feet. And Jesus says, suffer it to be so, John. Baptize me because I've come to fulfill all things. And as he baptized him, the Bible said that a voice from heaven came out and says, This is my beloved son and whom I am well pleased. Is God pleased with you today? Are you pleased with you today? As we baptize and celebrate these lives today, I wonder would there be someone may say you know what I didn't bring any clothes I didn't prepare for this but today I'm speaking to my heart and I'm saying beat again beat again for the heart of God walk in victory Pastor David first uh, person up to be baptized this morning is uh, Miss Amber Shoemaker if you're here today in support family or friends, would you please stand to honor Miss Amber as she makes her way to the stage? Would y'all give their family and friends a big round of applause? Amen. Amber's husband, Timmy, is going to come out and read her favorite passage of scripture, which is found in the book of Hebrews. Timmy. Hebrews 11. 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen. Amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand. Come on. For those of you that have been so blessed by this couple as I, it's the life that has changed the demographic of our church, has changed the heartbeat of our church and our community. One year ago today, their son passed away, Leland. Just weeks before, he was just like your child, playing, running. 
And there's some questions we'll never have answered this side of eternity. But today, what a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story that's continuing to be written in Timmy and Amber and Lolo, their other son, that it's a life of victory, of not just daily renewal, but second by second by second renewal. So I just praise the Lord that on this celebration, this day of Leland's life and his testimony, that his mother makes her public profession of faith. So today, I, yeah, amen. Amen. I ask you today, is there um, anything that you want to say as your public profession? Yeah. Um, today was a year ago, the worst day of my life. And what better way to try to change that than by doing this? And there's so many reasons I need to do this for myself prove that I haven't failed for him to let him know that he's all I need and I can't do it without him to let the enemy know that he is not one and to let Leland know I'll see him again another round of applause. Come on. All things new. Next up, we have Miss Amber Seeley. She's a ninth grader at Pike County. If y'all would please, just if family or friends are here today to support Miss Amber, would you please stand up? We'd love to honor you. Let's give her a round of applause. Amen. And at this time, one of her great friends, Miss Amber Shoemake, is going to read her favorite passage of scripture found in Proverbs. Proverbs 31 and 25. She is clothed in strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Amen. Amen. Amber, do you have a public profession today that you want to make before God's people? Well, I was going to just say something easy, but since Amber said something about losing Leland, I guess I would say something to that's actually my favorite verse because almost two months ago my sister passed away and I feel like she didn't have any fear of what the future was so that's always been my favorite verse and I have other favorites so I've shared those but that one was my favorite because I don't think I should fear the future because if the future is to see her and bow before Jesus then why should I even fear Amber, if you ask Jesus Christ into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life, then today by your public profession of faith in Him and the presence of your family, friends, your church, and most of all, your Heavenly Father, I baptize you today, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Congratulations, Amber. 
Next up, we have a sweet young lady. Got to hang out with her and minister with her over the Rush Summer Day Camp this year. Uh, this is Miss Jenna Ellerby. If your family or friends are here today to support Miss Jenna, would you please stand? You guys give their family a round of applause. Jenna's just a sweet, sweet young lady. She's a third grader at Upson Lee South, and her dad, Clint Ellerby, here is now going to read her favorite, favorite passage of Scripture found in the book of John. Uh, before I read that, I'd like to say that uh, Jenna's mother and I are extremely grateful for the decision she's making, and uh, we're honored to be able to support her in her walk. Um, despite my trying to get her to pick Colossians 3.20, <laughs> Children, uh, obey your parents <laughs> in all things. Uh, Jenna chose John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting faith. Amen. Everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Do you have a, something you want to say today? What is your public profession of your faith this today? Jesus in my heart. Amen. Simple out of the mouth of babes. Amen. Have you asked Jesus Christ into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life? Amen. That makes you my sister in Christ. And today, by your public profession of faith in Him, in the presence of your family, friends, your church, and most of all, your Heavenly Father, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. give Jenna another round of applause. Awesome. It's wonderful to see these young people following Jesus. Next up, we have two more great young people, part of the Johnson family. Next up is Mr. Andrew Johnson. High five, Andrew. <laughs> All right, buddy. Andrew is in pre-K at Westwood Christian Academy, and uh, we're just proud and honored uh, to have him be a part of our church and his family. And he gave his life to the Lord recently, and uh, Craig Johnson is his dad. We'll uh, read his favorite passage of scripture found in Deuteronomy. I'm going to say a scripture right quick, and then I'm going to follow it up with something. Um, it's uh, Psalms 56.3. Um, oh, excuse me. Deuteronomy 31.6. Getting excited up here. Um, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God will go ahead of you. He will never fail you nor forsake you. Uh, we've had Andrew probably since he was two and a half. We got him from foster care. Uh, I'm thankful to say that he, he's ours now. We were able to adopt him. Amen. And uh, when, when we got him, he, he was um, going through a lot of stuff when we had him. Um, he thought that a dirty diaper was normal. Um, bear with me. Come on, brother. Um, but he, <clears throat> there was a lot of stuff that was just he was struggling with, as you could imagine. Um, he just, uh, he didn't know how to trust anybody. Um, he had a lot going on. He just uh, was locked up in a, he was locked up in an infant chair for two or three hours at a time. Um, he, was, he was scared. Um, he didn't know what to, uh, he didn't know what to expect of us when he came to us. He only knew two words, and uh, but he he started to trust us, and uh, he always was kind of scared for us when we leave the house that um, that we would leave him, and uh, it tore us up. But 
to stand on the scripture to know that God will never leave us. Amen. Gave me, gave me strength inside that we could do what we could do for him, but it could only get to a certain point. We had to point him to Jesus because that was his only foundation that he could stand on. And I remember every time we'd leave the house when he was young, he would always try to be the first one out the door. He was, even if he was third, he'd be crying because he was scared that we were going to leave him. And we'd have to continuously tell him to believe us that we would never leave him as, as long as we could be there in front of him. We would never leave him. And now I'm, I'm so thankful that we have scripture that we can stand on that we state that that's his verse. That, that I know that God will never leave him or forsake him. As for you and me, that's kind of where we, we can kind of probably all relate to that in our life that you know where we were before Christ amen. and uh, where Christ has brought us if we're believers in here amen amen probably the biggest most beautiful story of what happened to each of us when we gave Jesus our life <clears throat> we were adopted we were all orphaned we were adopted and given a new name so today this new name Andrew Johnson what's your public profession of faith today did it hit my heart <laughs> wow that's awesome dude he's like yeah you know today it's my honor in the presence of your friends family your church and most of all your heavenly father by your public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life I baptize you now my brother in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Ghost Congratulations, Andrew. We're so proud of you, buddy. Next up, another member of the same family, Miss Dallas Teal. Y'all give it up for Miss Dallas. She's also in pre-K at a Rays of Hope. And um, Craig will also read her favorite passage of Scripture found in uh, Psalm 56. Psalms 56, 3. But when I'm afraid, I will put my trust in you. We've had the pleasure to have this little precious angel probably for the last six months. Um, this tears me up, but I'm going to share it. I don't care. But she, uh, she didn't know who Jesus was by any means. She thought Jesus lived down the road next to us or something. Uh, she, I don't know. But uh, she's been a sweet little thing in our hearts. And uh, as Andrew, um, she had a hard time trusting us. And uh, we ask for the Lord cause to, for our help and our strength to give us strength to this. Because, again, you have a new one in the house, and we had two other boys, and add a third one to the mix, and adds a little chemistry to, the, to everything. But um, we prayed, and, and um, so, it's so sweet, I guess, the testimony of her. So we started from day one. We brought her home, and we started telling her just stories that happened in the Bible. And uh, we just lifted her to God. We prayed for her and we, we poured into her. And, and um, I think a week later or something, she was talking to Kristen. She was more comfortable with females, and, uh, which I was okay with that. And uh, she just started opening up to Kristen and was saying, you know, who is this Jesus? You know, tell me more about him. I want to, you say that he's in your heart. 
what does it take for him to get in mine? And that was after one week. And uh, I just was excited to hear that. And I was just amazed that so young in faith never knew who Jesus was. And um, But through through these last several months, she's, she's opened up more and more. Yeah. And be able to see her heart. And be able to see her personality. And be able to see her praise. And be able to sing life into her. And to be able to start off with Jesus loves me. And, and God is so good. And, and other things. Other other songs that we've learned and, and how she, it just starts pouring out of her I remember one night when we put her to sleep one night and we walked out of the room we heard her humming in there something and she was singing those songs that we poured into her and I was just thinking how how awesome that is where we just pour just introduce her to Jesus that she wants more of him and how much more of asset our children are to us, how they're teaching us something. Yeah. Even though they're so young, I think God could pour out of them in so many ways and we give him credit, give them credit for. Amen. And so uh, we're thankful for her being in our home. Not sure how long we'll have her. We hope we'll have her for forever. But uh, Amen. not sure, but that's something we're praying about. So, Amen. Amen. This is Dallas Teal. Dallas, what's your public profession of faith this morning? That awesome. So today, by your public profession of faith in Jesus, in the presence of your family, friends, and your church, and most of all, our Heavenly Father, it gives me a great joy to baptize you now, my sister, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Would you guys, just in honor of all them, would you just stand and give the Lord a big round of applause to celebrate the lives that have been changed, all things have been made new, amen? And as we stand, as we're closing here, the bands can get ready to sing a a song of invitation. I'd just like to encourage you to just kind of have a a moment to evaluate your own life, evaluate your own heart. You know, baptism doesn't, doesn't save anybody. It's, it's representing, it's a proclamation to the world. It's a declaration to a lost and dying world that, that you believe that you were once drowning, dead in your sin, but God has raised you to life, and now all things have been made new. So what about your life? You may be sitting here tonight, and it's hard for you to swallow right now, and it's, it's, you, you can't stop thinking about it, and your chest is, is just, your heart's just beating like a double bass drum inside your chest, and you want to know what's going on. Why do I feel this conviction over my life? What's so unique about what's happening on stage? I feel like I should be up there. Well, you could be. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Just like to ask you, if you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? And as Pastor Mark said earlier, it doesn't matter. You could be dipped in every baptistry pool across this county and across this nation. Baptism doesn't save anybody. But having a personal walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, asking Him to be the King over your life and for you to live your life to serve Him and to honor Him and to live a life that is just in surrender and in all of Him, that's what it means to be saved, to repent of your sin and turn your your face toward Jesus, turn your back toward sin. So if that's you today and you just say, you know, I, I've just I've never been baptized because maybe I've never been saved. Or maybe you were baptized at a very young age and you didn't understand it. Maybe someone, you went down because a friend went down. Well, today let's just make it personal. Right here, right now. No one's looking around. This is just time between you and him. Please understand that Jesus didn't come to make bad people a bunch of good people. Jesus did not come into this life 
stepped out of the place of divinity into a world of humanity, stepped out of a, a heaven of, of perfection and stepped into a world that was full of sin and imperfection. Jesus didn't come to do that. He didn't come to live a perfect life and to die on a cross and to raise from the dead. He didn't do all that to make bad people good people or to make people who do wrong things people to now all of a sudden do good things. It's not about that. Jesus came to make dead people living people. And the only way you can be made alive today is to bow your head, bow your heart, bow your whole self, your whole life and say, Jesus, I just want to live for you. I surrender my will. It's not about me. It's not. A, it's never been about me. It's all about you, Jesus. Would you come into my life, come into my heart? As these children said, Jesus is now living in their hearts. Is he living in your heart today? All you have to do is do what the Bible tells you to do. It says whosoever. That means anybody. Everybody deserves to hear about Jesus. Everybody. So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. I love that word call. It's, it, it implies that if you're, if you're drowning in a pool and, and you call out for someone to rescue you, that's what that word means in the Greek. It means to call out for help. So whosoever shall call, call out for help. Ask Jesus to come and rescue you and to save you. The Bible says, whosoever does that shall be saved. So it's not a magical prayer. It's not a prayer that you just repeat the, the words of some preacher. Just repeat what the Bible says. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is my Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that we don't serve a dead God, we serve a living God, a living Savior, in his name, Jesus. The Bible says it's with your mouth that you confess that you are justified and it's with your heart that you believe in which you are saved. So if that's you today, you've never prayed and asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, would you just do so right here, right now? A simple prayer of faith, something like this, put this in your own words. Dear Lord Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. God, I'm drowning and I ask you to come and rescue me. Save me, God. Jesus, I now make you the Lord of my life. Life is no longer about me. Life is about you. Jesus, would you save me? Come into my heart. I want to serve you and I want to live for you all the days of my life. In his name. If you prayed a prayer like that, you put it in your own words, you said those exact, exact words and you meant every second of it, every word of it, every syllable. No one's looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. This is a personal decision. And if you want to make it public, we want you to. We encourage you to do so like these today. But on the count of three, I want you to just raise your hand. One, two, three. Anybody? Praise God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Praise the Lord. I see two hands. Anybody else? Just, just between you and him. I see you back there, little one. Thank you so much. Praise God. Several people have said today they made that decision. You may know someone at your work. You may know someone at your job that's living in the world. They're not living according to God's word. They're not saved. Well, how about again on the count of three, if you know someone like that, would you come down and pray for that person? Pray that all things can be made new in their life. If you know someone, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a best friend, a co-worker that doesn't know Christ, but God's put you in that place, that job is your ministry, that occupation you have, that is your mission field. So on the count of three, we're going to worship, we're going to stand, we're going to sing, but I want to encourage you, if you prayed and asked Jesus into your life, would you come down? We just want to pray for you right here, right now. But if you don't, if you know that Jesus is the Lord of your life, but you know people who don't know Jesus, I want you to come down and let's pray. Let's bombard heaven, because God can make all things new in everybody's life. Amen? Let's worship. One, two, and three. Come on, let's move. Let's pray.